We're going to continue on with our lessons we've been doing, our series called Living the Faith, and I'm pretty sure this is going to be our last, last lesson before we move on to a new series next week. Amen. We'll see how we go. But if you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? We're running a little bit behind time this morning. Grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. And um, <clears throat> Brother Stan wins Father of the Year Award today for making Sister Wendy breakfast in bed. And then he was late to church, so. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I better cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5. Do you love Jesus this morning? Amen. You know what? I think God has a sense of humor. He made me a pastor. No, I think God does have a sense of humor. You know, some people think Christianity is all just very serious. No, I think we can have fun in church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 15. Once you say amen, if you're there. So I need to wait a bit longer, do I? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Everyone with me? It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise. Everyone say, be not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. This morning we're going to continue on with our series, Living the Faith. This idea that when we come to God, when we become Christians, when we're saved, when we're living for Him, there's not just that initial one-off experience that we're talking about, but there's a whole other part to living for God. Amen? Because if that's all there was, then what's the point of even gathering together in church? And we're going to talk a bit about that later on today. Amen? But so we're talking about living our faith, living our lives in such a way that our, our faith, what we believe, what we stand for, affects what we do every day. Amen. Because you can't just be a Christian on Sunday. We kind of know that, right? Like I'm not telling you something you don't know. We understand that if we are Christian, that should affect the way that we work in our jobs. It should affect the way when we're at school, the way we act, the way we behave, right? It should affect different things. There's certain things that as Christians we know we just, just don't do, right? And yet, so many people struggle with this, amen? Have you ever, let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who you were surprised to find out they were a Christian? Like, you know, you've known them for two years, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah I'm a Christian. Really? And there was nothing in their life. Maybe you worked with them or maybe they were, you know, you played sports with them or something. But there was nothing in their life that really stood them apart. They sounded like everybody else. Right? We don't want to be like that. Amen. We want people to see that there's something different in our life. So today we're talking about living the faith. And what I want to talk about today is talk about the influence of the Spirit. Talk about the will of God. As transformed believers in the world... 
we can know and accomplish the will of God in our lives through the power of the Spirit. Amen? Now, the will of God is quite an interesting topic to think about, isn't it? Um, I, think in the, I don't think they have them yet in Australia, but I know in the States they are starting to experiment with driverless cars. As a matter of fact, I've seen a video of a guy sitting in a Tesla, which is like an electric car, very expensive, 100000 If anyone wants to buy me one for Christmas, I'm open. Okay? If not, that's all right. I still love you. But this car, you can sit in it and you just program on the map where you want to go. And then you just sit back and it drives off to where you want to go. If it sees a stoplight, it stops. If it sees a red light, it stops. It puts its indicator on. It turns for you. It drives to your destination with no input from you anymore. Right? Now, Uber apparently are looking at doing this, having driverless cars. Now, I would be quite nervous if I jumped in an empty car and there was nobody in it and I was expected to just trust this thing to drive myself. Thankfully, even though Uber in particular, they are experimenting with this, they still have a driver behind the wheel ready to grab the wheel in case, you know, doesn't recognize that there's, you know, a train coming ahead or something like that. As a matter of fact, I took a, um, I took a new car for a test drive on Friday. Right, the car I'm considering for my work, it's a Toyota. And as I'm coming up to a railway crossing, it goes, ding dong, railway crossing approaching. It's like, how does it know that? I'm sitting at the lights and there's a railway line running the same direction as the road. But if I turn right, I'm going to cross it. Nothing happens. I turn my indicator on and the car goes, ding dong, railway crossing approaching. Right? Cars are getting smarter and smarter, amen? Now, imagine for a second. Imagine for a second if our life with Jesus could be like that. See, many of us would struggle, right, getting in a car with no driver. But here's the thing. I think many Christians struggle with their Christian walk with God. Because they don't want Jesus to take the wheel. You with me? Imagine what our Christian walk with God would be like if we could learn to take our hands off the wheel and just trust that Jesus knows what he's doing with our life. Instead, what happens is we wrestle with the wheel with Jesus, right? No, 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 no. We make really good backseat drivers for Jesus, amen? Another, another thing, thinking about the will of God and and. Um, being made in God's image and in God's purpose, there's an activity that gets done sometimes with small children where they take a photo of their father, the child's father, and they blow it up really, really big, and then they cut it into like nine squares, and then they mix everyone's fathers up together, the photos, and then they get the kids to put the pictures of their father back together, right? Talking about the will of God talking about being influenced by the Spirit. See, all people are made in the image of God, amen, and we are made for His purpose. And even though we are made in God's image, because of sin, our lives are like that child's puzzle where our father's face has been cut up into nine pieces and mixed up with everything else, and then we're trying to reassemble it so that we can see our father, right? Because of sin that has entered into human heart, 
we've got a brokenness about us. And it's produced a world that while it's in God's likeness, it requires reassembly. And while everyone has a purpose and a plan, everybody, everyone out there in the street who knows absolutely nothing about God, if they would come to God, God would have a purpose and a plan for their life. Amen. But it requires reassembly. And so when we come to God, one of the things we often struggle with is, what is my purpose? What is my plan in life, God? What is your will for my life? How can I find my will? How do I know the will of God? And this is what Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians. He's talking about the fact that our life becomes a quest to find the will of God. Now, young people in particular often struggle with this. What is God's will for my life? As they get a little bit older, it's who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What ministry do I have, Lord? What job should I do? Where should I work? You know, and, and we would all like it if, you know, we'd have this big flashing billboard appear on our roof at nighttime when we're lying down in bed saying, I want you to be a carpenter. Wouldn't that be easy? I want you to be an astronaut. Yes, I always wanted to be an astronaut. Right? I want you to be a pastor. Oh, no, 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 please, something else. No, I'm joking. Being a pastor is great. I love being a pastor. Amen? Wouldn't it be nice if somehow, you know, God would just drop what you're doing into your mind? You know, if, if, if it only it works, but it doesn't work like that, does it? And so we search as Christians for God's will, and, and God's will is an unfolding thing. We never actually arrive. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that our lives with Jesus is a journey, right? We, 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 we find what God wants and we do it, but then we find out there's something else beyond that. A new challenge, a new frontier, a new area to explore in our walk with God. Amen. And we meet that and we keep going on and we keep going on. And where people get stuck up is when they don't fulfill what God's revealed will is for their life, they get stuck. And then they wonder, why is nothing happening in my life? Why don't I feel the presence of God? Why can't I work out what God wants for my life? Because God has already revealed part of His will and you're not following it. So when we do that, God stops and says, well, I'm not going to give you anything more until you learn to do what I've asked you to do. Amen. The will of God. The purpose of God in our life. It's interesting, isn't it? So here's the first thing I think that we can do when we're talking about the will of God in our life. When we're talking about living our life influenced by the Spirit. First thing we need to do is we need to learn to walk in wisdom. Now, the truth and the wisdom that come from God were pillars, particularly of the ancient Israel's faith. And that wisdom undergirded their entire spiritual ex existence. Oh, sorry, I'm tongue untied there. In Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, Jeremiah said, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. The reality is, is that he is God. And we are not. Amen. And humility tells us that we are not capable of being our own guide. Right? This idea that I am the captain of my own destiny. I am in charge of where I'm going. Jonathan likes to think he's in charge of where he's going all the time. Now, if he had his way, well, first of all, he'd be at Sam's house every day. But if he had his way, he wouldn't get sleep. 
He wouldn't get food. He wouldn't get what he needs to survive. Amen. And so he understands that sometimes he's just got to listen to mommy and daddy. Right? Spiritually speaking now, it is pride to say, I know what God's doing. I know what I'm doing. I've got everything under control. But humility says, no, I am incapable of being my own guide. I need the wisdom from God to be able to direct my steps. Amen. So we need to learn to walk in wisdom. Proverbs, the book of wisdom, puts it about as succinctly as can be said in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Now just think about that for a second. Talking about our analogy of what would our lives be like if we could learn to take our hands off the wheel and let God control it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. See, we, we struggle with that sometimes, don't we? Well, yeah, I trust in the Lord with most of my heart, but there's some certain areas in my life, God, that, you know, I just need to study a bit more and get educated a bit more and make sure I've got some money in the bank. No, no. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And if that doesn't make sense, the writer goes on and says, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Teenagers like to think they know everything, don't they? I know because I used to be a teenager. <laughs> I went through a period in my life where I thought mom and dad really didn't know anything. I've now reached the stage in my life where I'm, I'm talking to dad probably at least once or twice every couple of weeks. Like, hey, dad, what do you think I should do here? You got any advice for me? <laughs> Amen. Leaning not on my own understanding. It is wisdom to recognize that you don't necessarily have all the answers. That you might not know which way to turn. And that's okay as long as you understand that He has the answers. And we're following His will. And we're being influenced by Him. Amen. He then goes on to say, In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. Again, I think we struggle with that. Well, you know, yeah, I, I acknowledge God because, you know, I think He's needed and He's important. And, you know, sometimes when the doctors can't help me, I need to get healed and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I'm not going to trust God with this. Or what about this? When you um, have some great success at work, let's, who can I pick on? Let's pick on, his, uh, on Isaiah. Let's say, sorry, Israel, I don't want to call you Isaiah. Let's say Israel gets a degree in biomedical engineering. And he gets a job in biomedical engineering afterwards. A person who acknowledges God in all their way would say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to be able to learn this. Thank you, Lord, for providing this job for me. Thank you, Lord, for opening the door. A person of pride would say, Well, of course I should get this job. And I've talked to a lot of business owners. And do you know what one of the biggest problems they find trying to hire someone? Especially someone out of uni. Is pride. Because they get a degree and they walk in and go, look at me. Here's my degree. You're going to give me a job and I want 140000 a year. Business owners tell me, you know what? That bugs them. A degree is not, doesn't mean you can do the job. A degree means you've got the ticket to get in the door. Amen. And so spiritually speaking now, 
Just because we are saved, just because we are Christians, just because we come to church, just because we know how to clap our hands and lift our hands and and raise our voice, it does not mean we have all the answers. It doesn't mean we always make the right decisions. Hello? But what it does mean is that if we learn to acknowledge God, He will direct our path. The verse finishes. Amen? And that's ultimately what we want, right? We want God to... Quick show of hands here. Who wants God to direct their path? Right? We all understand that. Nobody in their right mind would say, no, I don't want a loving God who has all wisdom, all knowledge, all power, all authority to direct my path. I'll direct my own path. No way. He's out of our league. I would rather Him direct my path. But our actions and the way we respond to God sometimes says differently. Woo, I'm stepping on some toes this morning. Praise the Lord. I love you. So we walk in wisdom. What is the opposite of walking wisdom? It's to do, walk foolishly. Amen. The book of Ephesians highlights how wonderful it is to be blessed by God with a changed heart and placed into His glorious church. That's 5.17. The household of God, Ephesians calls it. Ephesians 2.19. And so the book of Ephesians is like a complement of ways. That the church walks together in spirit through unity of God's purpose and holiness of life. Amen. And holiness is not just a list. It's a lifestyle. Amen. And this life that the apostle describes is only possible through the spirit. Amen. It's only possible through the spirit. Well, I don't know. We'll see. And so walking foolishly is to try and say, well, you know what? I can live for God, but I don't need his spirit. That's foolishness. You can't do it. Because all of mankind's efforts are never going to get them close. Think about it. Think about Calvary. If there was any way that mankind could save themselves, would Jesus have bothered dying on the cross? Of course not. But the reality was, is that there was no way for us to save ourselves. So Jesus had to come and make the way for us. Amen. He had to take that price, pay that price. And so it's the same thing. If we, if we sit back and say, well, you know what, Pastor? Yeah, I'm living for God. I'm doing everything all right. I'm ticking off the list of rules that we got. I'm coming to church. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. But if it's not done under the power of the Spirit, under the direction of the Spirit, if it's not under His influence, then it becomes just a list check. Click, click, click. And we're trying to do it by our own strength. That's walking foolishly. Amen. The second way that we can make sure that we are walking in wisdom is to redeem the time. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 says this. says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. It also says um, in verse 15, sorry, 16 is redeeming the time. Verse 15, it says, see that you walk circumspectly. Now, what does that word circumspectly mean? Okay, think of an example. Brother, Pastor Bill Namakadri up in Darwin. I think it's up in Darwin or maybe it was... No, it wasn't Brother Brother. It was, it was in Weeper. I think Pastor Myru up in Weeper. I've heard stories. I don't know how true they are. But I've heard stories that he baptizes people down on the beach. Right? That's great. Except I've also heard that in Weeper there's crocodiles. Is that true? Now, circumspectly, means that when Pastor Myru takes someone out there to baptize them, 
He's looking around very carefully with each step he takes deeper into the water before he baptizes someone. He does not just jump in there and jump up and down and get all excited and spend 45 minutes in there praying with someone. No, they baptize them and get them out. Otherwise, they're going to see Jesus very quickly. Amen? It's true. Right? So circumspectly means that when you're walking for God, when you're living for God, you, you walk carefully. You watch where you're going. Amen? You know, one of the biggest problems I had when I first moved to Vanuatu was crossing the road. Because they all drive on the wrong side of the road. So I would go, no cars coming. Oh, that's right, I've got to be looking this way. <laughs> right? circumspectly. Walk carefully. There are things and places that Christians should not go. We understand that, right? And so we don't need to be told, well, everybody don't go nightclubbing because that's not a good... We know that. But what about the attitudes? What about the heart? What about some of the things we start to think about, right? That's what it means to just go, hang on. This doesn't... I'm not... I've got to walk carefully here because this is a dangerous attitude to have. This is a dangerous mindset to have. You understand what I'm saying? Walk carefully. You know, the Bible says in Peter, it says that our adversary, the devil, walketh about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm paraphrasing slightly, right? If we're just swanning around through the African savannah, a lion is going to eat you. Hello? And so, if you're out there, you walk carefully. Amen? In PNG, when we lived up in Garoka, after about 9 o'clock at night, you just didn't go out. If you went out, you went out in a group. Why? Walking carefully. There was things out there that want to get you. Amen? And yet, as a Christian, so often I see people come to church with such a casualness about their life, not realizing that there is a real enemy out there who wants to destroy them. And so the Bible tells us that that's not wise to do that. We are to walk circumspectly. Amen. We are to redeem the time. We should watch where we walk. Praise the Lord. Now, all that sounds pretty negative, doesn't it? I can see people sitting there thinking, my Lord, how am I going to be a Christian? Pastors just told me it's going to be really hard. No. The truth is, is that God's Spirit Helps us make the right choices. Amen? The importance of walking in wisdom in the Spirit and in God's light is the understanding that it brings to the hearts of the children of God with respect to the will of God for their daily, everyone say daily, daily lives. Praise the Lord. What the Spirit provides in the believer is a truly transformative spiritual understanding. Now, that's a lot of really big words strung together. But what it means is that when you are living your life under the influence of the Spirit, God will direct you. God will lead you. You know, and it doesn't even have to be just spiritual. Let me tell you a completely carnal story. Okay, is that okay? I was really struggling. This was a few years ago now. I was working for another company, really struggling. I was just behind on my budget. It was horrible, really nasty. And I'm driving along, and I'm praying, and I'm almost weeping. I'm like, God, I've got to find something. This is ridiculous. I'm not telling anything. I was feeling really quite sorry for myself. And I felt God impress upon my heart, stop right there. I was driving past the council building. 
Stop right there, go in there and ask to speak to the IT manager. I went, okay, God. So I parked my car, went in there. Long story short, the guy came out, saw me, sat down, asked me to quote him. I gave him a, he gave me a purchase order for like two or three hundred thousand dollars. Right? That's leading, following the leading of the Spirit of God. Amen. Now that's just completely carnal. And I'm not saying that God is going to direct your paths like that because I'm off my number right now and I'm still waiting for God to speak to me saying, go see that person. They need a photocopier. Okay? Yes, Lord. Amen? But there are other times in our life where as young Christians in particular, people who may not have been living for God for a long time, there'll be things that will come up in our life and we'll stop and we'll go, hang on, what should I do here? It's in those moments that if we are living our life under the influence of the Spirit of God, He will lead and He will guide and He will make sure that we don't take a wrong step. Praise the Lord. So we need to seek to understand God's will. But it is only when we have that transformation, that that spiritual transformative thinking that comes into our hearts. This idea that God will direct us if we are willing to listen to Him. If we are willing to surrender our lives to the Spirit of God. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10. He said, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Through prayer and with the searching of the heart, we are enabled to seek and find an understanding of what God's will is for our life. Amen. And it's not something you can do intellectually. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you are not going to be able to read enough books that will direct you into God's will for your life. A university education is not going to direct you into God's will for your life. It might be God's will, but if you're searching for God's will, that's not going to be how God reveals His will. It's going to come through prayer. It's going to come through reading His Word. Amen. And God will speak to us. Amen. We have to seek the will of God. To do otherwise is foolishness. Amen. Amen. So often I get asked as a pastor, well, you know, what about something specific like, you know, should I go to college? Should I go to university? Should I get a trade? Should I marry this person? Does God have a ministry for me? It's important that we seek God's will in our lives for those areas, amen. But how do we know the will of God? The answer to that is by keeping our hearts pure and running each choice through the filter of pleasing God above all else. And that's really a good way to sum it up. You know, if, if, you, can, um, if you can run what you want to do through whether or not this is going to keep me pure and whether or not this is going to please God. You know, let me, let me give you an example. I saw a job advertised once that looked really, really good, right? And then I dug into it and looked at what they were offering, and what they wanted me to do is go around selling alcohol to the bottle shops. I was like, yeah, no, I can't do that. It's completely against everything that I stand for, isn't it? Right? And we understand that. That's something very simple. Right? But a young Christian might look at that and go, wow, what a fantastic sales opportunity. I get a free car and a free phone or a free laptop. Fantastic. Not realizing that, oh, hang on, this is not, not, not quite in line. You know, another example is um, working on Sundays. Right? Now, I know some people have to work. Brother Raddick is an excellent example of that. He has to work on Sundays. 
right? And maybe we can talk another time about what the permittable will of God is and what the perfect will of God is. This is getting real deep now. <laughs> Amen. And so things like that, it's like, well, hang on, am, 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 I, am I doing the right thing here? And sometimes you might not have a choice. But I can tell you, Brother Raddick agonizes over the fact that he's not here. It bugs him. It really does. Right? And he's wanting to get out of that as soon as he can. But right now, God's got him in there. But you know what he also did? I'm going to have to cut all of this out of the podcast. What he also did is that he sat down with me and said, Pastor, what do you think? I've been praying about this. Can you give me some advice? Can you help direct me? That honors God. Right? So there's that too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Someone say amen. When we're seeking God's will and walking in the Spirit, we are promised understanding as a blessing of spiritual insight into the heart of God. And this is the definition of walking in wisdom. This is why. Excuse me. This is why it's important to spend time in prayer. Because it is in prayer you draw closer to God. The closer you are to God, the more you know Him. Amen. Now, we understand this in a, in a natural sense as well. Think about, think, about, um, think about a marriage relationship, okay? I'll use this, this couple as an example, right? I know this guy's name. His name's Matthew. I don't know his birthday yet, but she does. I don't know what his favorite food is, but she does. I don't know when their wedding anniversary. I really should find some of this stuff out. I don't know their wedding anniversary, but she does. Let's do something funny. I don't know what his breath smells like first thing in the morning, but she does. Why? Because they're close together. They're married. Now, spiritually speaking, it's the same thing. The closer we get to God, the more we know God. And see, Sister Minnie understands what Matthew's dreams are, understands his hopes, understands his aspirations, understands what drives him. Why? Because they're close together. They're married. Right, And when we're talking about our relationship with God, it's the same thing. When we spend time in prayer, spend time in God's presence, we get closer to Him. We understand more about Him. We begin to think more like Him. And it becomes so much easier to find God's will. Because we understand God. Does that make sense? And this is what I tell young people all the time. You want to know what God's will is? Get into church. Get a relationship with God. Spend time with Him. And then leave it in his hands. He will reveal his will when he's ready to. You just focus on getting close to him. Someone say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So we can choose to be influenced by the Spirit. And we're going to finish up pretty soon. Because this is a deeper issue. We understand that we need to be influenced by the Spirit. But the deeper issue is whether or not we have a willingness to accept it. Amen. Because we are living, the truth is, we are living in a world where the truth of God's Word is increasingly marginalized and rejected. Amen? You only have to have a look at what's happening to um, that rugby player, Israel Folau, right? He stated what he believed in, and now he's being punished for that, right? And all he really did was quote something from God's Word. And it's... it's oh, 
won't get onto the topic, but it's interesting that only one little tiny segment of society is really getting upset with him. I don't hear all the drunkards getting upset with him. <laughs> Hello. Amen. And yet the truth here remains is that we are living in a world that is becoming more and more marginalized. Particularly if you're Christians. And the contrast between the light of God's will and the purpose of God's God for our life and the darkness of sin could not be more obvious. And so as Christians, and we'll finish up on this, we have to deliberately choose the Spirit. We have to choose to be influenced so that we can have God's power in our life. Amen. The choice to be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5, and verse 18, says, Be not drunk with wine, where is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, means that we reject substitutes. Recognizing the insufficiency of this world to satisfy what only God can accomplish in our lives. And I do worry if that ever is beginning to influence our church or churches in general. I was talking with someone, someone somewhere between the North and the South Pole sometime in the last 20 years, and they were telling me that he's often wondered, am I on the right path? He's in church. He's a Christian. Am I on the right path? You know, I look at, I look at what we're doing, the talent, the lights, the smoke, the the beautiful stuff that we've got. And I just wonder, he told me, he said, I spoke to my wife and I said, heaven help us if we're not on the right path because we have no idea. We should never have those kind of doubts, amen. We need to know, no, I am on the right path. How do we do that? By making sure we're living our life under the influence of the Spirit. This is why I talk about it's so good when we feel the presence of God. We feel His Spirit moving. Because it's not just an emotional response, but you see people responding to the Spirit of the Lord. It's so important. Amen? Because God's Spirit will be the first that gets pushed to the side as we try and pursue professionalism. Amen? And I'm happy to leave professionalism if we can have God's Spirit. I'm not saying we shouldn't be professional. We should be professional but not at the expense of the Spirit of God moving in our church. Amen? Amen. And so we make a choice. We make choices every day. And so we have to intentionally choose the Spirit. We have to intentionally choose to allow God's power and influence in our life. Amen? God is real. He really is. God is real. God's answers are genuine solutions to the needs of the human heart. And in our praise, in our singing, in our worship, in the way we give thanks, we are choosing the flow and influence of the Spirit. Someone say amen. Amen. So it's surrender to God's purpose in worship. Amen. This is why it's so important to worship and to praise, because we're allowing the influence of the Spirit in our life in that moment. You know, we've all seen it before. You know, when we come to church, we're having a worship service. You see some people just really worshiping the Lord. Others worshiping the Lord quietly. Whether you're loud or quiet does not matter. Let me just put that right out there right now. Okay, you can worship God and be quiet as a church mouse and still be submitted to the influence of the Spirit. But I see others who are just, you know, playing games. And and I notice because I walk down the back sometimes and see over people's shoulders. Amen. 
they are making choices, whether they know it or not. They're not listening to the Spirit. They're not allowing the influence of the Spirit in their life. And so really what we're talking about, why don't we all stand this morning, is we're talking about submission. Submission to the leading of the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, last scripture, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you get that? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Are you being led by the Spirit this morning? If you're here, I suspect that you're in the right place. Amen. That's good. But there's more to just church attendance. Amen. It's this idea that we have to consciously allow the Spirit to influence our life. We have to allow it to help us learn, to help us grow in wisdom. We have to learn to surrender our lives to it. Amen? Amen. The leading of the Spirit is our surrender to the will of God. You remember that parable? We'll finish up on this. Where Jesus said, the, the father had two sons, and he said to both of them, I want you to go into my field and work. And one son said, sure, father, I'll go. But then he didn't go. The other son said, I'm not going to work in the field. Then he had a change of heart, and he went. Which was the son that was surrendered to the will of the father? The one that said no originally. Why? Because his actions displayed that his heart had been changed. It's very easy to just say, yes, I'm surrendered to God's will. Next message, please, Pastor. But are our actions being influenced by the Spirit? Mm. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Do you love God this morning? Amen. Amen then we know that God will direct us. But our love has to have actions attached to it. Amen? Brother Stan loves his wife. That's why he made her breakfast in bed this morning. There was an action attached to it. All us other fathers, clearly we don't love our wives. No, I know we do. <laughs> I love mine. I love mine very much. I'm going to take mine out for lunch. I think all us other fathers have to take our wives out for lunch or something. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you love Jesus this morning? Praise the Lord. Why don't we just go to the Lord in prayer together. Hallelujah. Precious Jesus, thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Lord.